0: We are starting a new series called Christian Atheist. You saw it up on the screen a minute ago. It's called uh, Believing in God, but Living as if He Doesn't Exist. And uh, this has gone on for a long time. We've known about this. We read it in the Scripture where in, in Titus, um, the Scripture says this. is says, they profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. I like how the message puts it. I didn't uh, send that scripture to them, but it says, they say they know God, but their actions speak louder than their words. They're real creeps, (laughs) real creeps, disobedient, good for nothings. So, uh, hey, we don't want to be people that just say we believe in God. We want to be people that show that we believe in God. Amen. We're not just going to be believers. We're going to be followers. And that's been our focus uh, since day one of this year. And So today, we're um, going to step into this a little more fully. We're going to start by talking about being a Christian atheist when you believe in God, but aren't sure that he loves you. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, again, God, we just say thank you. God, I can't help but just saying thank you for your great love. Thank you for your love, God. That really is, it just, um, it overwhelms our lives. It transforms our lives. Your love, your presence, it's the atmosphere we were created to live in. And so God, today, just let that atmosphere be present in every person in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. I want to start with a story. Um, We schedule things to run a certain way so uh, that we don't um, take too much time. And obviously, our schedule's off a little bit. But I I really do want to just take a, a couple minutes and share with you about the love of God I was reading some material recently, and I came across a story by a guy named Tony Campolo. So if you know Tony, Tony's a pastor, preacher. He's um, uh, not necessarily one of my favorite uh, writers. a little bit on the liberal social, uh, kind of more social ministry justice side of things. But he wrote this story about how that very often he travels to Hawaii. He lives on the East Coast, travels to Hawaii, and he said that when he goes to Hawaii, that every time that he goes, that his time clock gets off. And so he uh, finds himself waking up during the middle of the night, and he'll be going, he said he gets up, and one time he got up, it was 3.30 in the morning, he's very hungry, leaves the hotel, he's walking down the streets trying to find some place where he can get some food. Well, he finds this place, he said, it's really a a very um, kind of a greasy spoon, you know, dive kind of place. And he, he said he walks in there, And so when he walks in, he notices that it's just nasty. He thought, man, my best decision would be able to turn around and leave. But he said, no, there's no other place. He goes in, he orders a cup of coffee and a donut. He said he was a little bit put off by the guy just wiping his hands on his apron, reaching in and picking up the donut and setting it in front of him. He said, that should have been a key right there. It's time to move on. So he sits down, he's kind of picking at the donut. And he says that when he does, uh, as I sat there munching on my donut and sipping my coffee at 3.30 in the morning, The diner door swung open, and to my discomfort in marched eight or nine provocative and boisterous prostitutes. He said their talk was loud, and it was crude. And and all of a sudden, one friend uh, said, hey, tomorrow's, one of the ladies said, tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to be 39. The other friend responded very nasty in a nasty tone and hey, what do you want from me, a birthday part, a birthday cake? And she said, no. Why would I want a birthday cake from you when I've never had a birthday cake or a birthday party in my entire life? Why should I expect one now? Tony says that when he heard that, he, um, they, shortly after that they left, he, he overheard this and he said to the uh, owner, this guy named Harry, the uh, greasy you know, chef, he, said, uh, he asked Harry, he said, Hey, does, do these girls come in here every night? He said, Oh, yeah, every night. They're always here. So uh, what about the one that was sitting right beside me? He said, um, does she come in? He said, yeah, that's Agnes. She comes in. Why do you want to know? He said, because I was thinking of throwing a birthday party for her right here tomorrow night. Said that this old greasy spoon chef looked and he, he smiled. He said, I think that's a great idea. Called his wife from the back and said, hey, we're going to throw a birthday party for Agnes. And so <laughs> Agnes, she goes, what? He said, yeah, Tony says, listen, I'll buy a cake. No, you're not buying a cake. We're going to make it right here, which he wasn't really sure was a good thing. <laughs> but, and, and so he said, so at 2.30 the next morning, I was back at the diner. I'd picked up some cray paper decorations at the store, made a sign out of big pieces of cardboard, cardboard that read, Happy Birthday, Agnes. I decorated the diner from one end to the other. I had that diner looking really good. And... He says the woman who did all the cooking must have gotten the word out to every uh, word out on the street because by three fifteen every prostitute in Honolulu was in the place. <laughs> he says it was wall to wall prostitutes and me. <laughs> <laughs> At three thirty on the dot, the door of the diner swung open and Agnes and her friend, Agnes and her friend came in. I had everybody ready and everybody began to scream, "Happy birthday!" Never had I seen a person so flabbergasted, so stunned, so shaken. said so her mouth fell, her legs seemed to buckle. And when we began to sing happy birthday, she lost it and wept openly. Harry said, blow out the candles and cut the cake. So she blew out the candles and she said, hey, do you mind if I don't cut the cake? But can I, can I take the cake with me? She says, I just lived down the street a few, a few houses she goes, I want to take my cake, and I want to show it to my mom. She's never seen me have a birthday cake. Harry said, sure, take it. So when the door closed, there was stunned silence in the place. Not knowing what else to do, I broke the silence by saying, why don't we pray? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a preacher response, right? So. He says, looking back on it now, it seems more than strange for a sociologist to be leading a prayer meeting with a bunch of prostitutes in a diner in Honolulu at 3.30 in the morning. But I just felt like it was the right thing to do. I prayed for Agnes. I prayed for her salvation. I prayed that her life would change and that God would be good to her. When I finished praying, Harry leaned over the counter and he said, hey, dude, you never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to? In one of those moments when just the right words came, I answered, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for whores at 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) Harry waited for a minute and then he answered. He goes, no, you don't. There's no church like that. He says, because if there was, I'd want to be part of it. What kind of church do you want to be a part of? I want to be a part of a church No matter whatever else people know about, they know that that church loves people. That church loves people, and it doesn't matter where they've come from, what they look like, what they smell like, what they act like. We love people. Why? Because God loves people. The only way that it's going to take place, the only way that it's going to become a reality is for us, for some of us, to change the lenses that we look through when it comes to the love of God. You see, some of us don't love people the way God loves people because we don't receive the love of God into our own lives like God wants us to receive his love. Now, I'm sure we've all been there. We've looked through these lenses. We've looked through the lenses of of insignificance. Seven billion people on the face of the earth does God really even know me? Does he see me? Does he care about me? I'm just, I'm such a small thing. I'm such a small part. And, and the small part that I am, I'm such a screw-up. When You know, most of the time, anyhow, does he, really, does he really love me? We see that insecurity fills people's lives. How many people here have ever dealt with insecurity? I didn't, oh, thank you. I figured nobody raised their hand. They were too insecure, so, right? <laughs> hey. We've all dealt with those type of things. It's marked my life for so, so, so long in so many different ways. It impacts us, and it it causes us to put on all kinds of defense mechanisms. We build, and we, we, we walk ourselves into a corner where loneliness and isolation just begins to devour our lives. We look through lenses of unworthiness, low self-esteem, we compare ourselves with the best, the worst of us with the best of everybody else. How many people know that you always lose in that situation? We deal with shame, shame that's come through the lens of circumstances, personal circumstances that, that have gone on in our lives, hurts and pains, abuses, real stuff, real stuff. Okay, I'm not saying it's not real stuff, real painful stuff. We've been betrayed by loved ones. There's been abuse. We've, been, we've had people that have failed us, have promised that they'd always be there, and the moment we turn our back, we turn around, and they're gone, and we're, we're right back in those hard situations, real circumstances that cause us to look through a lens and say, God really doesn't love me. And then we always have the enemy trying to fill in and define those circumstances. If God really loved you, then this wouldn't be happening. How many people know the voices we hear aren't always the voice of God? right years ago a few years ago as a matter of fact I was a in a session with somebody a friend brought a friend in and so we were up in my office and uh, up in the office in the old building and and uh, this man came in he told me just this horacious, just this story of just uh, things that he had done and he and his wife were having conflicts and he had just uh, he had been a jerk he really had he'd been one of those people the scripture was talking about he had done some bad things there'd been some conflict and and uh, he just felt, he felt such condemnation. He, he, he was guilty, and he was ashamed, and he was embarrassed, and he just, he, he really, at this point in time, he didn't feel like he deserved to continue to live. And so I said, hey, listen, what you're hearing is not what God wants you to hear. This isn't the truth. So I said, let's take, an, you know, kind of a freedom appointment. I said, hey, let's take a minute, and let's ask God what the truth is. So the three of us there in the room, we bowed our heads and um, I just prayed a little bit. And then all of a sudden I heard this sobbing coming. So I opened one eye and look over at him. You know, I want to be partially spiritual. So I just, um, you know, and I, I look at him and he is, he is just sobbing. He's shaking. He's weeping. And I'm going, wow, praise the Lord. And so I finally I said, I asked him, I said, hey, man, did, uh, did you hear from the Lord? He goes, I did. I did. I heard from the Lord. It was, it was God. God spoke to me. I said, really? I said, well, well, tell me, tell me, what what did God say to you? He said, "God told me." He said, God, "God told me." He says, "You're a screw up." He says, "And, and, and, and I'm sick and tired of you." And I'm trying to. I, I wrote this down because I didn't want to mess. He says, "You're a screw up." I'm sick and tired of you. And, and this is your last chance. And if you don't get it right this time, I'm just going to take you out. I said, "God said that to you." <laughs> it was God. It was God. I said. Let me tell you, brother, that wasn't God. Let me tell you, if you hear anything like that that comes from a voice like that, there's nothing of God in it. God doesn't use condemnation and accusation. God's voice doesn't sound like that. But when we begin to look through these lenses, these lenses of, man, it's clouds. We see things wrong. We hear things wrong. We look through um, our experiences. We look through, and, and all these things, we could just go on lens after lens after lens I could talk about, but we look through all of these things and we find out that it causes us to withdraw. It causes us to doubt, withdraw from God. We, we don't feel comfortable coming to God. We, we know we need help. We know we need help that goes beyond our own ability. We know we need help that goes beyond our own strength. But I don't want to go to God because God's the one that, that he's ashamed of me and he's mad at me and he's disappointed in me and he's upset with me. And I'm telling you that if you believe those things, if you've heard those words that that is not God. That's not God. That's not God speaking to you. That's not how God feels about you. Causes us to doubt, does God love me? And I'm here to declare to you today And maybe you've been, like me at times, a Christian atheist who says, I believe in God, but I'm really not sure how much he loves me, and so I better be careful with God because if I, if I don't act just right, if I blow it too many times, or if I mess up too many times, or miss the mark, or sin, or fail God, and my man, he's going to get upset with me. And can I tell you today, God is not upset with you. God loves you. God cares about you. And God's love, let's, I just, just real quickly, I'm going to run through a, a couple of things, but you know what, this is why. This is why the Apostle Paul... This is why the Apostle Paul in in Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14, he actually prays a prayer. And in this prayer, he says this. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner being. Now let me tell you, Listen to this, God loves you so much that no matter how much you've loved him, no matter how much you've lived for Him, no matter how much you've failed Him, no matter how bad you've screwed it up, messed it up, God still loves you. He wants you to wants the very best for you. God wants health for you and healing for you, and, and He wants you to be empowered by His spirit. God wants great things for you so that you may be strengthened with power through his spirit in in your inner being, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, you, every person that's here, that's hearing my voice this morning, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, in his great love, you may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth, And the length and the height and the depth, and to know, to gnosco, to have intimacy with the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, "Hey, listen, I want you to look at the at God through a different lens." I want you to see God in a fresh way. I want you to be able to comprehend a God who in spite of who you are, in spite of what you've done, he loves you with an endless, ceaseless, agape love that goes beyond anything that we'll ever be able to fully comprehend, but he wants us to begin to comprehend it and get a fresh glimpse of it today. So God's love is our foundation. It's the thing that we can build our lives on. It changes us. It's It's a great love. And I'm not going to read all the scriptures today. But let me just very clearly say this. If you read the scriptures about love, there is nothing you can do to earn God's love. And there's nothing you can do to lose God's love. There's nothing you can do. I mean, I know that in our own life, there's times, man, I haven't prayed enough, I haven't read enough, I haven't studied enough. There's times when we blow it. Anybody here ever blown it? Right? We've all, everybody, we've all blown it, right? If we say that we're not sin, we lie, right? So uh, yeah, we've, we've all blown it. Can I tell you, no matter how bad you've blown it, no matter how bad you've messed up, that the worst sinner that you can ever think of, God loves them. God loves them now. He loves them completely. He will always love them. Irregardless, he will love you. If you're you're serving Jesus, and I think this is where it gets twisted. Sometimes we know that as sinners, God loves us and wants us to come and to get saved, to have new life, to have a fresh start, to have a new lens. But then my concern is that for people who follow Jesus, somehow or another it gets twisted in our hearts and minds that now I'm walking with Jesus well, now I've got to do it on my own. I've got to earn his love. I've got to meet some standard, and then he'll love me. Then he'll care for me. Listen, it doesn't matter what standard. It doesn't matter how bad you mess it up. It doesn't matter how bad you, you, you ruin something. God still loves you with an endless, ceaseless, all-powerful love. God loves you today. God's love is the foundation upon which we live our lives. And so I want to I want to read a scripture from uh, 1 John chapter 4 as we get ready to close here. 1 John chapter 4, you may know that this verse, it's kind of the, the, there's a great section about loving God and loving others. 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7 from the Amplified Bible, it says this. It said, Beloved, let us love unselfishly. Let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God. Where's love come from? hey, listen, listen, to all those people who doubt all the bad things that happen in the world, I can't explain it all, but I can tell you this, if there wasn't a God, there would be no love in the world today. Love, all love, okay, it begins from God, okay? For love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. He is the originator of love, and it is, his, it, is an enduring, it is an enduring attribute of his nature. By this, the love of God was displayed in the only one of his kind into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God. Listen, God's not reciprocating love. He's originating love, okay? And so he says, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation. That is the atoning sacrifice and satisfying offering for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath. Beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we ought to love one another. Do you want to be a church that loves like no other church? you want to be people that love like no other people? Then today is the day when we can receive the love of God in a very fresh way. Verse uh, 13, by this we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his Holy Spirit. We who were with him in person have seen and testify as eyewitnesses that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Listen down in verse 16, he says this, we have come to know, by personal observation and experience. Listen, God's saying, I want you to know about who I am as the God of love in your minds, and I want your hearts to be transformed by it, but I want you to experience this love. He wants us to experience this love and have believed with deep and consistent faith that the love which God has for us, God is love, and the one who abides in his love abides in God, And God abides continually in him. Folks, let me tell you, the love of God is forever. It's forever. It's it's initiated to us on our behalf. And today, God wants us to look through this lens like never before. Like never before, he wants us to, to, to have all of the dimness, all of the things that would have colored any, in any way, shape, or form, would have colored us from seeing his love as total, as complete, is absolute. Let me tell you this. Nothing that's ever happened to you has hindered, has, has slowed down the flow, has been a, a, you know, an, an interruption of God's love into your life. Everybody look at me. Let me see your eyes i mean this no matter how bad you've sinned no matter how bad you've hurt someone no matter how bad you have been hurt by someone and i'm so sorry for that no matter what stress pain struggle difficulty you're going through today can i'm telling you god absolutely positively loves you and he wants to give us a fresh new way to see to know and to experience his love today. Amen? Amen. You know the lens you look through, it really shades the way you see things, right? I believe with all of my heart today that as Pastor Chris and I have prayed over this series and about starting with this message, that there are people here today that you've been looking at the love of God all wrong. You've been looking at it through the lens of maybe a father who failed you or hurt you or... Someone who disappointed you or abandoned you or neglected you. And I'm telling you today, if you'll allow the God, if you'll allow God, He'll give you a new way to see Him and His great love. A way that you'll see it so that all of a sudden, instead of hiding from Him, you'll be drawn to Him. Instead of when we blow it going, oh man, I got to i got to grovel to God. i gotta, you know, I got to do some good things to make up for the bad things. <laughs> Maybe good things don't make up for bad things, right? All of a sudden you can run to God and say, I know my loving Heavenly Father will help me. He welcomes me. He loves me. My kids, I pray that they know this. You know, Yvette knows how much I love She doesn't ask me. She just goes straight to Amazon, pushes the button, and the gifts show up, you know? Man, today I join with Paul. I join with Paul and say, I pray today. Today I bow my knees and I pray to the God of the universe, the God of love, that He would help you and me to be able to comprehend what is the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of the endless, ceaseless, unconditional love of Almighty God. Every head bowed, nobody looking around this morning. I want to do it like this. If you've ever, if you've ever struggled, maybe it's today, but if you've ever struggled with believing that God absolutely, positively loves you and you want to be able to see God, through a fresh new lens today. Not a lens of works or worry, but a lens of unconditional, unending love to know that you are loved and that you're accepted and that you're valued today. If you've ever questioned it, if you've ever doubted it, if you've ever struggled with it, you're ready to receive a whole new way of seeing and receiving the love of God, of experiencing the love of God today, would you just stand up right where you're at? Go ahead. Oh, man, yeah. Come on. Come on, don't let pride, don't let anything hinder you. This is between you and your God this morning. Come on. God, I want to know, if you want to know the love of God in a greater, deeper way than you've ever known it before in your life, know him in a way that you like you've never known him before, as lover of your soul, as lover of who you are, Nothing you can do to earn it. Nothing you can do to lose it. If this is you this morning, I want you to just stand up. Come on, whether young people, come on, that's you this morning. Adults, senior adults, whoever you are. Come on, right now. Right now, I'm gonna to count to three and then we're gonna go on. Ready? Come on, if that's you, one. Come on, I know there's something else. I know that there's, I know there's a young lady here. There's a, a lady, not a young lady, there's a lady here that some of the pain and the abuse and the angst from your past from time to time gets you to question your value are you really worth loving and i'm telling you today god loves you god loves you anybody else come on come on father right now right now god i just say thank you lord i stand I know that there were so many times where insecurity flooded my life and God, I just didn't feel worthy and God carried that, that orphan and abandoned spirit, God. And God, I thank you today. I thank you. God. I thank you for not only the knowledge of your endless, ceaseless, God, your unconditional love. God, I thank you for the experience of it. And I pray right now, come on church, I pray right now for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's standing, that they would not only know, but they would experience, they would be able to comprehend, they would experience your incredible, amazing love and presence in a new and life-transforming way. In Jesus' mighty name, All God's people say, amen. Would everybody stand, please?